Awesome. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody to church today. I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Come on, I want to wish all of the dads a happy Father's Day today. Come on. And to celebrate our Our dads today, we have a man's box, okay, with a handle on it. Come on, like, this is manly. Come on, somebody. I mean, we've got, like, weapons in there, and we've got meat in there, and and something to wash your car. Like, there's tools. Come on, somebody. Come on. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to pick a ticket here, and uh, we're going to, we're going to give this away. All right, you guys, you guys ready with your tickets? Come on. 788699. 788699. Yeah, come on up. Come on, happy Father's Day. Enjoy your man box. Come on, buddy. Here, you can have that too. Awesome. So uh, I have been on vacation for the last couple weeks, and many of you are are like, um, you didn't get tan, and it's because I'm like really white, okay? And and so I just get less white. Come on, somebody, you know what I mean? And so, (laughs) uh, and so it's been. This is the longest that I've gone in probably 12 years uh, with preaching. I think it's been like three or four weeks in a row I haven't preached. And so uh, it was a good time to just unplug. And for about six or seven days, I literally thought about nothing. Don's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, nothing. Okay, like literally nothing. The ocean. I'm thinking about the ocean and, you know, if I might get eaten by a shark right now. Like that's what I'm thinking about. And so it's a good time to unplug. And, and so I'm so full today, okay? I'm so full today. And, and um, uh, what God has for us today um, next week, we're going to continue our series. Remember our series, right? Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. We're going to be picking back up next week, and we're going to be talking about peace next week. And I just believe, man, God has just given me so many new revelations when we're talking about the spirit of peace. And so you're not going to want to miss that next week as we continue our series. Okay, so before we get into God's word today, uh, we just need to have a family talk, a church talk this morning. And um, I would have Kristen up here. She's, she's our director over uh, our early childhood. Uh, many of you got the email this week about, man, we're in urgent need of, of early child care workers. Okay, and, and man, it's just it's the summer and, and people are on vacation, but um, man, we still need people to, uh, you know, be with our uh, early childhood from zero to five. And, and man, we just, we urgently need you to step up. Or maybe if you already serve, you can, you can flex into that area for the summer. Um, we're just like, we, we just really need uh, childcare workers. And listen, if you care about Passionate Life Church, like if this is your church and you care about the growth and the development of this church, then you need to step 
in uh, to one of those early childhood rooms. Right now, we only have two rooms open. Her, her goal is to have four rooms open because we want to have a safe and fun environment for all of our kids. We want to keep our ratios small. And, and, and listen, um, as, as a church, we want to reach young families. We want to reach everybody, right? We want to reach everybody. But we, you know, young families is, man, that the generations of this church is where young families are at. And so we want their kids to have a great experience. We want the, the, the parents to, to feel, you know, uh, completely rest assured that, that, man, their kid's going to have a good time. And so, uh, you know, as your pastor, I know you're going to step up. Uh, some of you have ghosted us um, that had signed up a couple weeks ago uh, for, for uh, joining early childhood. Listen, and, and some of you that have ghosted us, you're watching online or you're here today. Listen, do not feel bad, okay? Don't feel bad, right? Feel convicted, okay? Because, yeah, because when you feel bad, condemnation comes in, shame comes in, and then what shame does is keeps you away from church. Conviction makes you press in and say, okay, I messed up. I'm gonna show up. I signed up, man, because God convicted you and moved you that one Sunday when we did Impact Sunday, right? And now just follow through, okay? Just follow through. And listen, we have an amazing church. I know you're gonna step in um, and you're gonna fill those roles every single week so we can have an awesome kids' church, amen? Awesome. Okay. The other thing today that I just want to warn you today. Okay. I want to warn you today. This is a overly masculine message today. Okay. And, and I want to, I want to warn you, um, because I was preaching and I finished preaching one Sunday and I had a lady come up to me. It was her first Sunday. And she said, I am offended by your message today. And I said, okay, which part? Okay, like, all right, which part were you offended by? Be specific. And she said, you used a lot of his and he's and him's in your, in your message today. And I really felt like it was overly masculine. And I said, okay, well, first of all, I'm a dude. Okay, like, I'm a guy, right? And, and second of all, I was just reading scripture. Okay, I was just reading scripture. And, and, and I asked her, I like, did you go down the website before you came to church today? And she said, no. I said, okay, we really empower women here at Passion Life Church, okay? Like, we just don't talk about empowering women like we do. We have female pastors on staff here. And, and man, we have women that preach on the stage on Sunday because, man, we really believe in the role of women and, and development and, and leadership and discipleship of our church because they, they bring different gifts and talents. And so we want to display them, okay? And so next time, check us out online before you come to church, okay? Have a nice day. And so, and so here, here's the deal, here's the, here's the deal. And, and women have been, they've been under so much oppression for, for thousands of years, okay? And, and there's the women's suffrage movement and, and, and all of that. I mean, literally all women didn't get the ability to vote until 1965, okay? Uh, white women got the ability to vote in 1920, but all women didn't get it. So th listen, there's been a lot of oppression. I mean, you look at the life of Jesus, right? His culture that he grew up in was completely oppressive to women, right? Like, like women were treated as property in, in the Jewish culture. If you wanted to divorce your wife, you just wrote it on a piece of paper and gave it to her. I mean, and, and so listen, I'm not, I'm not like 
diminishing the suffering of women and the oppression of women, okay, and, and this is what's happened in our culture, is that we've just swung really far, okay, because of the mistakes of our past, right, and the feminist movement and, and, and all of that, but we swung to the point where, like, we have people and politicians that don't even know what a woman is, like, like I mean, we swung way far, do you know what I'm saying, like, like, and... And, and, and so whenever we elevate one sex over the other, we both lose, right? And, and Jesus says, you know, the Lord's like, man, you're, you're supposed to do life together. You're, you're helpmates, right? Like, like you're supposed to be equal and you have your specific roles that, that God has called us to. And so, be, you know, and, and so it, I just want to worry this is an overly masculine message today. I'm going to be speaking to the men, but that does not diminish the women in the room today, okay? Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this moment. This is your moment. God, we thank you that first and foremost, we can call you Father, that you are our Father. We thank you that we can come before you as sons and daughters. We thank you that we can come into your house and praise you and worship you and talk about you. And so, Holy Spirit, we just bind and rebuke Satan right now. In Jesus' name, away from our hearts and minds, we just pray right now all the stress and anxiety from this week would just fall away. Everything that's happening in our society and our economy would just slip away into the distance right now, Holy Spirit, that we would focus for the next 30 minutes on the word that you've prepared for our hearts. Help our hearts to receive it right now in Jesus' name. God, I just pray that it is all of you and none of me, and we pray for a Stanley Cup championship for the Avs. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, slip that one in there, come on. God calls men to lead. God has called men to leadership. Like that, that's, it's literally in our DNA. He, he has literally designed us as men to be leaders, period. And that, has, that doesn't diminish the leadership role of a woman at all, okay? But this is how God has designed the man is to lead. And it's literally one of the biggest issues in our society and our culture today is men not leading, especially Christian men who have biblical values not leading. God has called men into leadership. Genesis 18, 19, I love this passage God is speaking to uh, Abraham here. He says this, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Listen, one of the things that Abraham wanted more than anything was to be a dad, was to be a father. And God was cultivating a leader in Abraham before he became the father of, of Ishmael and Isaac. And even before he became the father of many nations, right? God was cultivating a leader in Abraham. 
Abraham, just like he's calling a leader and every single man in this room today, every single man that is watching online today, man, God first wanted Abraham to become a dad, to become a father of Ishmael, a father of Isaac. Why? Because there's nothing, there's no greater responsibility as a dad to raise his children to raise his children, to disciple his children in the way of the Lord. And let me tell you, dads that, that led their kids to church today, come on, let me give you a hand clap today. Thank you for leading your family to church today. Come on, you're doing great today. Come on, somebody. And so God has called us to be dads. He's called us to lead. And, and, and as, as a dad myself, um, and, and I know some of the older dads that, that have adult children in here, you can, you know, concur on this point that it goes really fast, right? It goes really, really fast. And, and, and listen, dads and, and, and moms in the room today, don't miss some, don't miss moments in your life, in your kid's life, right? Don't, it goes so fast. I mean, I just remember holding Jude in my arm, you know, my one arm and, and, and praying, you know, with, with my wife an, an hour a day for, for a year before we moved here to Colorado. And now he's 11, right? Like I woke up and he's 11 years old. It goes really, really fast, okay? And so guys, don't miss the, the father moments, spending time with your kids. And, and I know some of you guys are still in diapers, right? And you're like, well, diapers ever end. They will eventually end, okay? Yeah. They will eventually end, and, and it just, just, I, I just want to encourage you, man, don't miss the moments with your kids that God wants you to, to spend time with them because it goes really fast. Right now, you think, like, man, I have so much. These kids are going to be my house forever, right? Like, some of you thinking that. And, and, and it goes by really, really, really fast. And so I just want you to, to you know, just remember that, that, man, especially today, like in a day like today, just spend time with your family, spend time with your kids um, today, okay? Awesome. So here's the challenge, uh, okay, as we, as we lead, right, as we lead, is that we're living in a culture today, right? We're living in a culture today that is changing really fast, right? I mean, the culture that we're living in today is rapidly changing, and our culture that we're living in today, and we're going to talk more about it in, in a minute, but the culture that we're living in today has almost fully eradicated biblical values out of public society, right? Like, like there's no God in public schools anymore. There's no Bible in public schools anymore. Um, your workplace, some of you would get fired if you read your Bible or talked about Jesus in, in the, the workplace. Uh, I, I mean, it's just, just the Bible. And, and I don't want to say Christian values because there's some Christians that don't act like Jesus at all, right? And, and so I want to say biblical values and, and even some churches, like, like biblical values have been eradicated out of some churches in, in our country today. And it's sad. And, and, and how does this happen? How does this happen? This happens because Satan is the one who is creating culture in our world today. He's the one. And, and here's the, when specifically we talk about culture. And so 
It doesn't really matter who our president is or who our governor is or who the mayor is. Now, listen, you should go vote, okay? You should absolutely go vote to the person that most resembles your values as a Christian, okay? You should absolutely do that, okay? But as far as who's in political office, it doesn't matter because Satan is developing the culture that we're living in. And if you read the Bible, you see that it actually gets worse, Okay, and, 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 and so just understanding that the Apostle Paul calls him uh, the ruler of this world, right? The prince, and, and John calls him the God of this world, right? And, and so we're actually, and that's why eventually God's going to destroy, you, you know, the, the earth. and He's going to create a new earth and a new heaven that we can live in that, that is, you know, uh, absence from sin, right? He's going to create this perfect world, but, but we're here today, right? And so, you know, how do we lead in a, a culture that is really anti-Christ, Right? Romans 12, one through three, the apostle Paul says this. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And, and this, this line right here, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. And, and one of the issues in, in our current spiritual climate and, and church climate is we, we want to skip the sacrifice when it comes to Christianity, right? We don't want to sacrifice, right? No, 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 I don't want to sacrifice. I want to, can I skip that? Can I skip over the sacrifice part? You can't skip over that, okay? Jesus says, no, you need to die to yourself and pick up your cross, right? There's, there's sacrifice. When we talk about Christianity and follow Jesus, there is always sacrifice, this is truly the way to worship him. And the apostle Paul says, man, when we sacrifice different things in our life to follow Jesus, man, this is pleasing to God. This is how we worship him, okay? So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Come on, let's read verse three here. Let's finish up. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. I love that so much, okay? Listen, that wasn't Pastor Andrew that said that. That was the Apostle Paul that said that, okay? And, and I love this. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given you. Because this is what we like to do, right? We like to compare ourselves to our alcoholic neighbor who lives across the street, right? Well, at least I'm not. At least I'm not Luther, you know what I mean? At least I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, the, or the completely simple person that, that we sit across from in our cubicle, right? Like, like, well, at least I'm not Sally, like, you know what I mean? Like, God, at least I'm not that person, right? And the apostle Paul says, no, you need to evaluate yourself based on the Bible, okay? And, and, and stop lying to yourself, okay? Stop lying to yourself that you're better than you really are, Okay? Welcome to Passionate Life Church, okay? Come on. And so here's, here's, here's the big idea here. Here's the big idea. God isn't calling us to change the culture, but to be the culture. 
That's so good, I'm gonna say it again. God isn't calling us to change the culture. We can't change a culture that Satan has grips on, right? They, man, like these people are lost, they're, they're broken. They, they don't have Jesus, right? And so yes, he's, he's creating the culture. And when we just look at all the wild things that are happening in our society today, we can't change that because that is what Satan is doing. God we're not supposed to conform to this world, right? We're, we're not supposed to be part of the culture. We're supposed to be the culture. We're supposed to be setting, we're supposed to be set apart from the culture where people look at us and be like, man, there's something different about that person. The way they act, the way they talk, the way they look. Man, what is different about them? We're supposed to be the culture, not being sucked up into the things of this world. So I got some some four issues I want to talk about, okay? Because we're talking about leadership. Four issues of a postmodern culture. That's what we're living in today and how to lead through it, okay? God's called us to be leaders, men, right? And so dads, you know, who are grandfathers, right? And, and, and some of you men that, that are going to be future dads, you're gonna, you're gonna be future husbands, right? Like this is good information to, to understand. And, and, and the ladies in the room, come on, this is good information for you to see. Man, we're living in a post-modern culture that, that, that is anti-Christ, okay? So how do, you, how do you lead through something like this, okay? Point number one. How do you lead, point, issue number one, how do you lead when the culture has no logic, right? We're, we're, we're living in a culture that has no logic, right? We, that word logic comes from the word logos, right? And logos is what? Logos is the word. That's where we get the, the, the word uh, from our Bible, right? The logos, right? Jesus is the word. He is the logos, right? And so we're living in a culture that has no logos, okay? And that's why you can see, you know, drag queens reading, you know, books to kindergartners and be like, what? How is that possible? Like, does anybody think that? Well, obviously somebody thinks that's a great idea. There's no logic in our culture and it's going to continue that way because there's no logos. There's, there's no word in their life. And so how do you lead in a culture that has no logic yes, yes. that doesn't want to have dialogue, right? How do you do that? Well, first and foremost, and, and this is super, super important, okay? You have to pray for that person. You have to pray for that person. And, and, and really the only way, and, and listen, I'm helping some of you because you got, you got some family camping trips coming up, right? You've got some family get-togethers coming up. You've got, uh, you, you've got work parties coming up. And some of these, some of these things, have, right? Like this, some of these subjects come up. Listen to me. The only way you can reach someone that has no logic, that has no logos, is you have to create a bridge of empathy with them, of compassion with, with, with them. That, that's really the only way. And then pray that, that, that God would soften their heart and the calluses that are on their eyes, their spiritual uh, eyes would be ripped off and that they would be able to receive the gospel. Okay. Because it's impossible to have a conversation with someone about Jesus when they have no logic. And let, let me just 
help some of you, the worst place to have a theological uh, debate is online, okay, on social media. Like the worst, like, because people have no filter. They, and then people jump in and they agree with everybody. It's just a complete train wreck. It, 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 it's a mess, right? And then you get angry and then you're angry all day and you're, you're thinking up things that you can write and then you write things that you shouldn't write and then they're on social media, right? And then you have to go back and delete it and ask for forgiveness. Listen, I'm helping you, right? Like I'm just, I'm helping you today, right? Like, like just understand that they, they don't have logic and, and, and understand where they are that Satan has blinded their eyes Right? And, and without God lifting that veil, man, nothing's going to get through. And so, man, and I've had people in my life that had that veil. And, and the first step is just is to pray. Pray that God would soften their heart. Pray that God would lift the veil. I, I mean, one of the most interesting things about Jesus is he's preaching this one message and he, and he just stops in the middle of his message and he says, some of you aren't gonna get this. Like, like literally some of you, like the seeds that are being planted right now, they're just, they're gonna get choked out. You're, you're not gonna get it. Like that's Jesus speaking, right? Like Jesus is saying that he's the greatest preacher ever. Like I can't preach better than Jesus, right? Like nobody can preach better than Jesus. He's saying, look, I, I understand that some of you, you're just not gonna get it, okay? Because that veil hasn't been lifted. Your heart hasn't been softened to the logos, to the word of God yet, Okay, and so I want to encourage you. You've got some man, adult children, man. You've got you've got some friends, you know, that just make you angry. You've got that coworker, right? Create empathy with them. That's why Apostle Paul says, "I'm all things to all people." I'm just trying to create bridges with you, right? Right? And, and, and look, I, I care about your life, right? And 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 that means you just pray, and God will open the door. I'm telling you, you let God do the supernatural work in that person's life, right? Because you can't save anybody right? Like, like it's the same with praying for healing. You can't heal anybody. We're just relying on the healing power of Jesus to do the work. Amen. All right. Number two, number two, we live in a culture of, uh, we, we live in a culture that has labeled identities. We live in a culture that labels identities. We are labeled by the color of our skin. We are uh, labeled by what sex we are or what sex we wanna be, okay? Uh, we are labeled by who we sleep with, who we go to bed with, right? Like, like you wanna talk about a culture that is, man, label, and then Satan does this. And, and this is why Satan has created a culture of labels. It's because it brings oppression to that person that accepts the labels, right? Satan, man, he loves to oppress. And so, and then what that does, when, when we're focused on oppression, we become victims to whatever bad thing it, it happened in our past or is currently happening to us today. And we keep this victim mentality. It's always somebody else's fault. And, and, and they're just, we're living in a culture where it's, ne it's never my responsibility to change. It's always yours. You're the problem, right? And, and, and there's always an oppressor out there and, and I'm the victim. Listen, guys, and I'm not diminishing the, some of the horrible things that you've gone through in your life. Right? Some of you have been abused, sexual abuse, physically abused, emotionally abused. You know, you've gone through a lot. We, we all have. And, and, and here's the thing. We all can create a victim out of ourselves. And that's what Satan wants. He wants us be, because, man, he wants us to be a victim to the point 
where we can't change our life and we're staying in oppression, right? He, he doesn't want you to come to church today. Dads, he didn't want you to, to lead your family to church today, right? Like, like he doesn't want you to, Satan doesn't want you to read your Bible or pray or show up to life group or, or serve the church or give financially. Man, he doesn't want you to do any of those things. He wants you to stay in the labels and the oppression that he's placed on you. He wants you to think that everybody's against you and that you're a victim and that you're always a victim and you'll never be able to break free. Jesus came to do the opposite. Jesus came to bring us freedom from all labels, right? We have one label that we're supposed to take, and that is a son or a daughter, right? You got one label today. You're either a son or you're a daughter, period. Jesus came to break labels. And we're sons and daughters of the Father in heaven who loves us as much as he can possibly love us right now in this moment, regardless of the way we've behaved up to this point. And so, how do we lead through that? We just constantly reaffirm that person that they're not what that label is, that they're more than that. And you're a son, you're a daughter of the father. That is who you are. Because the issue, man, when we start taking on labels, right? Some of you, uh, some of you men, man, you, your career, man, you let your career and, and the, how much money you make label you, right? Or, or, or um, man, how far up on the corporate ladder you get, you let that la- label you. What happens when you get fired? What happens when there's downsizing? All of a sudden, you've lost everything, right? You, you've, you, everything is fractured now because your identity was wrapped up in something that it should have never been wrapped up in. We are sons. We are daughters, period. That's how the Father sees us. Come on. Break those labels today. Point number three today. We live in a culture of confusion and chaos, right? We saw this in the riots of 2020, 21, um, just complete chaos, right? Where people literally thought it was a good idea to burn cities down and to defund the police, okay? Right, like, we, like people, like we had friends that in Minnesota, like, like half of their church got burnt down, right? Like in, in the name of what, freedom? No, 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 like Satan comes to bring chaos. Satan comes to bring confusion. And that's what we see all around, just confusion, confusion, and confusion. And Jesus absolutely, actually brings the opposite, right? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth, right? You can't have your own truth, okay? Jesus is the truth. That's it. He's the way. He's the life. That's, you, you can have your own truth, but doesn't mean that it's truth, right? Like, you, you can think whatever you want to think. That doesn't mean that it's right, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, Jesus comes and he brings a clear message. And what I love about Scripture, if you actually think about it, Scripture is so, the Word of God is so logical, and it actually answers every question that we might have. Where did we come from? Adam and Eve. 
How was the world made? Genesis chapter one. Where do we go when we die, right? Like, there's an answer. How do I get to heaven? Well, there's an answer, right? What is my purpose in life? There's an answer, right? Like, there's literally an answer for everything. Any question that we might have is in the word of God. It is very clear, right? It's Satan is the one that brings chaos and confusion into our hearts and into our minds, to drift us away. And so how, how do you lead someone who's confused and, and wrapped up in this chaos? And it's, it's very similar to the person that has no, no logic. Man, we, we gotta pray. We, we gotta pray for them, that their hearts would be open, their, their minds would be open to receive the way, the truth, and the life. Because that's the only way that person is going to change is by receiving Jesus. Last point today. Point number four, issue number four, living in a postmodern culture, leading through it, uh, we live in a culture of no gratitude. First Thessalonians 5.18 says this, be thankful in all circumstances. Not thankful in some circumstances, be thankful in just good circumstances. No, 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 all, come on, everybody say all. all. Okay, you got it. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. To be, to be thankful, to be grateful. Man, we live in a culture that it has no gratitude. And we, we think about, this is why Jesus says you, you need to think about God as a father, okay? When I buy something for my kids, whether it's a sports card or, or a video game, what I, what I ask for, and many of you parents can understand, is just a thank you, right? You just want some gratitude, right, for what you just did for them. That is the same way the Father sees us. Man, when we're being ungrateful and we're complaining, man, that just turns the heart of God away from us. When we're ungrateful, we're just living in a culture where nothing is good enough, right? But we're just living in a culture of just, man, people are just so unthankful. And look, man, I get caught up in that. And here's the reason why. is because our country has been bathed in wealth for centuries, right? And, and if you ever go on a missions trip to Africa or, or Haiti or, you know, anywhere in a third world country, you will understand how much wealth that we're bathed in. And when we're, when we're grateful and we're thankful to God every single day, man, it turns the heart of God to us. When we complain and we're unthankful, I'm telling you right now, it, 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 it's, it, it's almost like a, a, a signal to all the demons to come and just ravage your thoughts. It's like a breeding guard. Man, when we complain and, and we're just ungrateful, it just becomes a breeding guard, uh, a breeding place for, for, for Satan's, Satan to have a field day with our hearts and our minds to continue to being ungrateful. So, how, man, how do we help a culture that's ungrateful? Man, we just remind them, right? We encourage them of how, what God has done for us in the first place. Man, the, the, the people that have gone before us, that, and I know this is difficult, but man, we've so many men and women 
have died for the freedom of this country, for us to call ourselves Americans. Like, it's just, and, and just reminding everybody of the history of our country, I think is so important. And, and, and the spiritual history, right? I don't teach that in, in school. The spiritual history of the pilgrims, and the reason why they came to this country was to find a place to worship God freely. And that is why our country is so blessed. Because that's what it, that was literally the foundation of our, our country. I want to end with this passage here in, in Joshua, and then we're going we're gonna to respond. Joshua 24, 15. Now, Joshua is dealing with a bunch of people that were ungrateful, right? We talk about God's people were, were unthankful. They, they literally spent 40 years in the wilderness and, and a whole generation died because they just could not get out of their own way. They, they couldn't understand uh, the gratefulness of God, the thankfulness of, uh, of God. And so a whole generation died in the wilderness. And so Joshua's dealing with some of this, okay? He's, he's dealing with some of these people. And, and um, listen, men, th- this is something that you need to declare today. First, over your own life, okay? Second, over your marriage, if you're married, Third, if you got kids, you need to declare it over your, your, your family and your kids, okay? And basically, Joshua has a come-to-Jesus meeting with God's people, okay? Let's read it this morning. He says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you serve. Look, if you don't want to serve God, fine. Go, but you can't be here, okay? You, you can't be amongst God's people because you're sowing you know, you know, unthankfulness, and you're just sowing seeds of, of just, and so, listen, you need to pick, okay? I'm, I'm fine, go, if you want to serve something else, go serve it. And he, and he says this, would you prefer the gods of the ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates? Then, then go live in the Euphrates, okay? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Stay here then, okay? Please stay here, okay? Go, you go to the Euphrates or stay here, okay? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. There's power in your words, men. To speak life into your, your marriage, to speak life into your kids, to speak life at work, to speak life in, into your co-workers or wherever you're at, your friends, your family. Man, there's this power in our words. God has called us to lead. And he hasn't called us to change a culture, but to be the culture. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. First things first, if you've never said yes to Jesus, or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you just want to make a rededication, a declaration today that you're gonna follow Jesus all the days of your life. Maybe you just need to make that declaration for the very first time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is between you and God. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I just wanna pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, just lift it up and then put it down. This is for God. Yep, I see it. Put it down. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask as a community that we would repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. 
that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap today.